This is Issues 2018. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Mark Merle, Director of the Great Plains Nature Center. Welcome to Issues 2018. Uh, what exactly is the Great Plains Nature Center? I told you these questions would be easy. <laughs> You're right, Steve. Um, the Great Plains Nature Center is one of the most unique cooperative uh, partnership nature centers of its kind in the country. Um, we opened the building in 1996 and opened as a public visitor center in 2000. Uh, the cooperative nature of the, the project is that it's uh, a combination of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism, and the City of Wichita Park and Recreation Department. Those three agencies came together to accomplish something that really none of the individuals, uh, none of the agencies individually could accomplish. So uh, that's the unique aspect of it, that it's brought three governmental agencies together uh, for the benefit of, of the people of the greater Wichita area. Without a whole lot of fighting or anything like that. Right, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more red tape, but uh, it's not too bad. Where is it located now? We are on the northwest corner of 29th Street North and Woodlawn. Um, so it's real easy to find. Just hop off K96. Um, the, the one wing of the building is the regional office for Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. The rest of the building, uh, in conjunction with Chisholm Creek Park, is the Great Plains Nature Center. I didn't realize you had uh, the state office there. Right. That's where our regional office is. Regional and that's, office. Yeah, that's one of our unique partnerships in the fact that uh, in exchange for that office space, Steve, we pay for operation and maintenance of the entire building. So money that comes from hunting, fishing, trapping, license dollars goes for uh, operation and maintenance of the entire facility to the tune of almost $150,000 a year. So that's what we do in exchange for that office a space. A bit off topic, but uh, selfishly, if I wanted to do an interview about uh, the hunting season out in western Kansas, would I talk to you guys, or would I call somebody at Pratt? Uh, you could talk to me. Um, okay. Yeah, generally we have a pretty good idea of what's going on um, anecdotally, and then we have some reports from the field as well. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we can do that today. Well, I'll just ask you real quick. Uh, oh, the hunting season's about to begin. When is the uh, – basically we talk about the pheasant hunting season, don't we, this time? Right. It's always the second Saturday in November, and actually it just kicked off a couple days ago. So um, – Reports that we got, we've got a lot of personnel out in the field working on Weehaw, which is our walking hunting area program. We've got over a million acres uh, that we lease from, from private landowners to uh, provide public access for nothing more than the cost of a hunting license. So uh, we had some people out. Uh, conditions were a little tough on Sunday. Things took a bit of a turn for the worse weather-wise, but uh, some decent reports. Uh, it's, it's been kind of spotty. Uh, quail, quail numbers are probably the most encouraging thing about uh, this past weekend reports from from what I got anecdotally from friends and coworkers and such. How does a, a drought or something like that have, a, have an impact on hunting? I uh, mean, you're looking at brush there, and it's different shades and whatnot. Right, and we're as far as drought this year, we're in really good shape. We got some summer rains and things. We've got lots of vegetation. Uh, that drought a few years ago really caused some problems for everything from small animals like quail clear on up to big animals like deer even. So drought is not good in, in any situation, but we're in pretty good shape uh, rain-wise. Obviously, we got a ton of rain here just recently. Mark, uh, what, what is the impact I know you you may not have the numbers on the top of your head, but the impact of that western Kansas economy, uh, when the hunters come out there and they they stay in hotels, they buy meals. Right. What's it What's it like? It's what? huge, uh, Steve. The you can't find a motel room probably in the western half of Kansas opening weekend, maybe on into Thanksgiving. Uh, that's another popular 
time when people come out. So the impact is huge to the local economies. You know, they figure that that money turns over six or seven times within that economy. And we've got people that come from all over the country, all over the Midwest, to both hunt pheasants and quail, as well as other species like um, ducks uh, and, and deer as well. How Are they a well-behaved group usually? I don't I don't recall doing many news stories about hunters. Right. Hunters, raking a ruckus, raising hunt, a ruckus. Something. Hunters and hunting in general is a very safe activity. You've got a better chance to hurt yourself, you know, slipping in the bathtub than you do to be involved in a hunting accident. So it's a relatively safe activity. Um, hunters realize the importance of uh, presenting a good image. For the most part, you've got a bad apple in every bunch. It doesn't matter what group you're talking about, but uh, for the most part, they do a really good job. How long does the season last then? The upland bird season will run through the end of January. And then the other seasons, uh, depending on your choice of uh, whether you're hunting archery for deer, uh, it runs through the end of the year. And there's some other options as well. The firearm season kicks off shortly after Thanksgiving. So those are a couple other options. Let's talk about deer for just a minute. You know, I grew up in Kansas, in western Kansas. I don't think I ever saw a deer in my life. But uh, here in the last few years, I've seen them running through the suburbs. Right. What's we, up with the deer out Yeah, there? we've got a lot of deer. And even up at the Nature Center, we've probably got 15, 18 deer that we see on a regular basis. Uh, K96 keeps them in check, unfortunately. But uh, uh, we do have a lot of deer. You know, that's one of the success stories we've had wildlife-wise. Uh, our deer, not only in Kansas, but across the country. Okay, let's go back to the center for a minute. Uh, how is uh, this, this center different from a zoo? Well, we don't have animals on display in, in cages as such like a zoo does. Um, we do have animals that we do have on display, but many of those or most of those animals are used in programs. Each year uh, we go out to schools or we have schools come to us or other groups and things. So we use some of these animals in our programs. We've got things from screech owls on up to... Uh, turkey vultures, bigger birds, things like that. We've got possums, a few mammals, lots of amphibians, turtles, and things. So we use these in our programs for educational purposes. Last year, Steve, we did about nearly 2,000 programs uh, for about 50,000 kids and adults. Wow. Michael, the next question was... Uh how many visitors do you entertain in a year? You're talking about taking your taking your show on the road as we well. We do. Though. We take it on the road, uh, visit schools and things, and we also have people come to our uh, place there and set up programs with naturalists, things like that. But last year, um, total visitation, including trail usage, um, walking visitation to the center itself, we we're at about 208,000 total, which puts us in the top, you know, three or four venues in. Wichita. And the most unique thing about our venue, Steve, is that we are free of charge. So I always like to say we're the cheapest date in Wichita by far because everybody else that's above us charges an admission fee and, and we don't. You talking about you're right up there. Right. I mean, I don't know what the zoo I can't remember what the zoo does in a year, but it's not a whole lot more than that. Yeah, the zoo, botanica, exploration place, all those are right there uh with it. But uh, again, we're a free uh, facility. We've got interactive displays, dioramas, a full-size bison in one of our displays, a 2,200-gallon aquarium. Uh, the Bob Grass Wildlife Observatory overlooks a, a really nice wetland with geese and ducks and all kinds of wildlife. We see coyotes out there. It's kind of like a miniature wildlife oasis right in the middle of Wichita. We've got 240 acres we're connected to with Chisholm Creek Park, and you can see all kinds of wildlife right out our windows. So uh, now, when you get visitors that from out of 
out of town or where, where do these visitors come from? Pretty much of central Kansas, or you get some from all over the place. We get some from all over the all over the uh, United States as well as. Uh, some foreign visitors as well, people in town. Uh, we get a lot through the colleges, exchange students and things that come out. So we get people from all over the country that come as well. Uh, most of our visitation is from the greater Wichita area. Um, but we, we do we do see a lot of people coming in from an hour or two away as well. You're talking about uh, reverse field trips, taking the show out to the schools, but do you get a lot of schools coming in for field trips as well? We do. Uh, we get a lot of those in the spring and fall, and then during the, the time like January, December, January, when things slow down a little bit, we kind of take our stuff to the to the schools and do programs at the schools as well. So there's a lot of field trips in September, October, and then March and April. And then, you know, in the other times, we kind of take our stuff right to the to the schools. Okay, now give, give us a little uh, a tour, if you will. You come into the, and there's a building, I presume. Uh, I can't remember if I've ever been out there. There's a building, and then is there some walking area as well? And there is. You can come into the building on the north side, and we're connected to Chisholm Creek Park, which is 240 acres of a variety of wetlands and upland areas. Uh, we've got native grasses, things like that. Um that the city maintains all the trails are accessible and you can walk two miles if you choose to take the outer loop there's shorter options as well but that's where we do a lot of our special events at the nature center itself some of them are tied to to the park as well but we've got several big events that we do uh, each year we've got some great corporate sponsors um, coke industries uh, they sponsored our habitat hall back in the day when we were looking for some help uh, with the fred and mary coke foundation spirit aero system sponsors our walk with a wildlife program uh, west star uh, they've got a new name now but they've sponsored uh, our pocket guide series um, and then help us with our passport to nature one of our biggest fundraising events in the in the spring so we've got a lot of interest from the local community so do you entertain private parties then uh, we don't steve oh, just don't? due to the way the the uh, building is set up it's owned by the fish and wildlife service so um so it, it's I, not if, a rental facility you know no weddings parties so i was gonna say like if that. i ever need to get wa- or married again i can't come there then. we can't can't have you there you can check with the park some <laughs> people do do it in the park but uh, that's through the city of wichita well, i'm not going to get married again all righty <laughs> talk about your staff for a little bit what are they what do they do to care for your wildlife and and educate the public? We've got a great staff, and that's probably one of the biggest things um, since I've been there. I've been there since the building opened in 96 uh, as the building manager and then became the director about a year ago now. But our staff is probably our biggest biggest benefit to the public. They all care deeply about what they do, educating the public about the wise use of natural resources. And, you know, a lot of people think that that wise use means no use, and that's not really accurate. I mean, when you look at conservation and and conservationists, that uh, hunters, anglers, those people that are actually out there that take some of that wildlife and use it within, you know, legal means and rules and regulations. Uh, that's the wise use of conservation, some of the people that help pay for that. But our staff comes from each of the three agencies, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Kansas Wildlife and Parks, and then um, the city of Wichita. So we've got individuals from each of those. We've also got a friends group that's come onto the scene rather strong. We've had them since about 2000, but this 
current board that we have, uh, the Friends of the Great Plains Nature Center, is very active. we got some great individuals on there from a variety of companies and such throughout Wichita. So we have actually added them as a signatory authority on our most recent memorandum of agreement. So there's actually four partners now with the Great Plains Nature Center. You're listening to Issues 2018 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Mark Merrill, who is director of the Great Plains Nature Center. Tell us something about your background uh, and how you came to the center. Well, I work for the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. Uh, We've recently added tourism a few years ago. So uh, when I started uh, for the agency in 1989, I was a wildlife information representative. So I work in our information education section and still do a lot of things outside of the Nature Center that aren't directly related to that. Uh, My degree from Kansas State was in fisheries and wildlife biology. Um, so I've, I've done some things over the years and since we moved into the building, I've been the manager of the building. So I took care of the operation and maintenance of the facilities and working with, uh, the first director, Bob Gress, who's, you know, he's kind of behind this, the nature center as a whole. It was his idea to try and get this going and, uh, kind of his baby. And he was a director for 17 years. And then we've had a couple others, Lori Beck and then Jim Mason that were there for just a, a couple years each. And, uh, now it's my turn to kind of take over the reins. So where are you from then originally? I grew up in Kansas. I grew up in speaking Manhattan Too area, but I, I spent a couple of years in North Carolina when I got out of Kansas State uh, working in, as a fisheries management technician down there. But uh, I've been back in Kansas, moved back here. I love Kansas, you know, everything we've got. I love the outdoors. My family has grown up. I've got twin 19-year-old boys and a 25-year-old daughter that just got married last summer. And uh, we all spend a lot of time outdoors together, enjoying camping, hiking, hunting, fishing, trapping, you name it. So your daughter didn't get married in the center then? Eh? She did not. She got <laughs> she got married in a church. But uh, we, That's a little bit nor, more normal. Right, right. You recently, I believe, announced a new strategic plan. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, we worked with WSU. Uh, Misty Bruckner worked with them to try and figure out, you know, we've been around for about 20 years now, um, and I wouldn't say we got into a rut, but we're always looking to, you know, make things new and improved, and everybody's kind of doing that. So we wanted to see what kind of impact we had on the public, where we were at, and where we were going. So uh, we worked with WSU to come up with a strategic plan and identified three or four goals that we'd like to look at moving forward. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, uh well, let's talk about those goals. You want to tell us what uh, about a little bit about each? Uh, you bet. Uh, Steve, it seems that you know we reach a lot of people, but we reach a lot of people just from the local area. And that's one thing where we've, we've talked about doing some things to reach out to a broader group. We're amazed at people that walk the trails that have never come into the building. So one of the things that we've got in mind for this spring is, is something called roving interpretation, where we will actually take an animal out into the park, visit with people, uh, tell them about the Nature Center, talk to them about wildlife, that sort of thing. So try and reach uh, a broader group of people that come to the Nature Center. You want to take a buffalo out there? We don't have a buffalo. We have had a buffalo or a bison, as yeah, bison. it's properly called now, um, at, at that, our walk with wildlife. I've heard they are never quite unwild. That the, no, bison no, they're be... not. They're not. We have a, a sale up at Maxwell. Matter of fact, it's coming up uh, Wednesday, and they're, yeah, they're never... 
team. So okay, there, you mentioned one thing. You said there's four parts to this. What was this right? Several else? other goals. So yeah. we we hope to reach out with the first one to reach out to other groups. Um, you know, some twenty something kids, college age kids. We hope to reach some of those groups. Maybe work with WSU. Um, the other is it has to do with our building and our, our infrastructure. Uh, the Coke Habitat Hall is now twenty years old. So the technology we had at that point was incredible. But twenty years later, there's a lot of different things that we might be able to do. So we're looking at some some major improvements, maybe an overhaul of that facility, some other things that we've kind of outgrown. We need a little more space here and there. So we're looking at possibly some capital improvement projects um, as well. And uh, the other thing, you know, we'd like to market ourselves a little better. We've got a few people on staff now that are big into social media, and that's one of the, the, the highlights that we've tried. Um, to give you an example, we had uh, an event called Halloween here where we tried to get animals out. You know, we, we concentrated on, quote, scarier animals, although they weren't real scary, but we tried to tie it to Halloween. But we had 1,750 people come through our doors in three hours. So, hmm. uh, And that was as, as a result, result of our social media presence. And so... Uh, Lindsay on staff has been doing a great job with that. Rachel, uh, she's, we've got a new website up and running. Uh, they're all doing a great job to promote everything we do there at the, at the Nature Center. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about opportunities. Uh, your website is a list that includes wildlife programs. You want to give us a general look at that? Most of our wildlife programs will feature an animal of some sort, and during that program, we talk about uh, the natural history aspects of that particular animal, where it's usually found, how many young it has, that sort of thing, and and talk about wildlife and and hopefully try and tie that wildlife to habitat. Habitat's the most important thing uh, to the preservation or conservation of any wildlife species. And that, that, that is the case if they're, they're hunted or not. Habitat that uh, is paid for by hunters, for instance, out of Cheyenne Bottoms, benefits all kinds of animals in addition to the ducks and things. I mean, whooping cranes stop there. You know, they're on the T&E list, things like that. So we always try and tie the overall picture and, and try and help people figure out what they can do. To, to help wildlife, whether it's to recycle or save energy or, uh, you know, become more aware of what's going on in their natural world. What are discovery boxes? Discovery boxes are things that are available to scout groups, teachers. Uh, they have a theme. Uh, we have any that, uh, you know, Kansas Day, we have them that, that talks about the Kansas animals and such. We've got them on beavers, trees, uh, just any, any number of things where people can check out and basically become their own naturalist uh, if we can't get out. And that's one of the things. We've got enough of an interest and enough of a following that we can't do all the programs that we have requests for. So uh, that's one of the ways that we have, you know, if we can't get to somebody, we, we provide these discovery boxes that they can check out. They're free of charge. They can pick them up and then uh, bring them back. What are adult workshops? Adult workshops could be anything from uh, we've done them on beekeeping. Uh, we've done them on falconry. Um, we've done them on a, a variety of topics all related to the outdoors. Uh, sometimes we try and partner with Friends University and do workshops for credit in the summer. Uh, last summer we didn't get quite enough people signed up that um, – that allowed us to do it through Friends University. But other workshops, you know, are focusing on the prairie and the Great Plains, things like that. What are junior naturalist classes? 
Junior Naturalist, uh, we've got a lot of volunteers, our volunteer program, and Cassie's done a great job with our volunteers. We may have anywhere from 15 to 20 uh, each week, uh, a couple hundred maybe a month, and, and probably several hundred that we draw from over the course of the year. So some of these junior naturalists, we work with, with kids uh, through various phases, either as volunteers at some of these events. We've got uh, adults now that are becoming naturalists to try and help us uh, to meet some of our demands. Scout programs? We do. We do a lot of scout programs for Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, things like that. Um, those are prearranged programs as well. And nature hikes? We do those in conjunction with nice days. Obviously, today would be a little rough, uh, 14 degrees and 5-degree wind chill. But if it's not uh, raining or anything, we try and get kids outdoors. And that's one of the unique aspects of the nature centers, both the indoor-outdoor aspects of what we have to offer. You brushed on this earlier, uh, Mark. What about fundraisers? What kind of things do you do? Fundraisers are our biggest event. Um, you know, since we are a free facility, that's a challenge we face. But our friends group has, has taken it on in recent years. Uh, we do a passport to nature connecting kids to the outdoors in uh, the springtime so that's our biggest fundraiser where we work with individual donors as well as some corporate donors and then have a big gala if you will where we've got some great uh, people that come in carabas and molinos and some of those people um, central standard uh, brewing comes in uh, that's a one one exception that we have for for that facility we have to get an exemption to to have alcohol yeah. at that mm -hmm. event, but that's the only time that we ever uh, do that. And so we sell tickets to that. Uh, last year we raised uh, about $35,000 for um, to be used for our programs and animal upkeep, things like that, and we're going to do another one this year. But we've got, you know, great sponsors. Like I said, Coke was a big, a big one, West Star, a lot of individual people. I'm amazed at the number of people individually that believe in what we do out there at the Nature Center. And there's some great friends and we've got people that actually give us money as well as volunteers. So those are those people are just, you know, beautiful folks and, and we're pretty fortunate to have them on board. Tell me about volunteers. How much are they important? Aren't we they? do. We have a lot of things uh, from animal care, just taking care of those animals, and these are probably some of the most pampered pampered animals that that you can imagine. Uh, they get better care, I think, than I did growing up. You know, I hope my mom's not listening, but um, we take care of all of those. So volunteers, and they help us pull off these programs and things, these big events like the Halloween event. We did everything from face painting to animal programs and everything in between. So we may have uh, anywhere from you know four or five volunteers in an event up to more than 100 when we do the walk with wildlife in mid-may uh spirit aero systems our, our friend and partner um they're the corporate sponsor and then they also provide a great deal of uh, help with volunteers their staff they uh, send their staff out that day and they help with concessions you know it's just a great cooperative effort how what's the biggest challenge in your job right now the biggest challenge is probably um well, fundraising in the spring, we try and try and do that. Um, I guess the other biggest challenge is is um, you know looking at the future. Uh, the The habitat hall is twenty years old. Uh, we kind of run out of space. We do some programs now where we've got probably the need for a multi purpose room where we can set tables and chairs up where we could have food and and that. We do senior Wednesdays. We get the fifth Friday of them of the months and do three or four senior Wednesdays and we'll have anywhere from 75 to 150 people that we come and feed snacks so we've kind of outgrown and out you know 
outdistance ourselves technology-wise. And so that's probably the biggest factor. What's the biggest reward? What's the biggest payoff for you? The biggest reward, you know, our staff every day, most of our staff comes to work smiling. They love what they do. Um, We've got several 20-something-year-old kids that have just got into the profession and are doing a great job. Uh, Even our old folks like me, you know, just over 50, enjoy what they do uh and and seeing the passion that they have for connecting kids or adults to uh nature and our volunteers like i said we've got people that volunteer for us and and donate money as well and i mean it's a a great partnership with us all right listen then we're about out of time but i want to thank you for spending some time with us this morning i've learned a great deal i think our listeners have too about the center and uh, look forward to coming out there and uh, taking a tour and and seeing what you got out there thanks for being with us this morning our guest is Mark Merle, director of the Great Plains Nature Center in Wichita. That's all for this edition of Issues 2018. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.